Thank you so much to everyone who joined us live on the Thursday. Thursday, we're definitely going to be doing a lot more of these, and they're a lot of fun live with the chat box going. Maybe we'll even invite somebody on the panel with us. So stay tuned for those. But if you want to listen to the audio while going for a social distance walk, here you go. Enjoy it. Uh, we tried to be as descriptive as we could with some of the visuals, but it was a lot of fun on the Q and A. So enjoy this Thursday. Thursday, all about subscriptions. Welcome, 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 everyone. We're just getting our panelists on the stage. We've got Rob Barr from Recharge, Gary Crothers, and Will Lynch from Underwater Pistol. Will is going to be moderating it, and I am Lucas Walker from Gorgeous. So thank you, everyone, for finding the time to join us. And let us know where you're watching from in the chat box while we get everyone on board. There's Rob, there's Gary, and here is Will. So welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And Adam Pierce here, uh, Summer, Patty from Durham, Nashville. We've got people all over the world. I'm in Toronto. Uh, Gary, Will, and Rob are all in the UK, so they may be having a uh, something a little bit more festive for this Thursday. Thursday, I wanted to grab an Ace Hill beer, but uh, the lineup for the LCBO with social distancing was just far too long to be standing in line at 10 in the morning without feeling like an absolute degenerate. So thank you so much for joining. Let's do a round of intros. Will, do you want to uh, kick it off since you're moderating? Yeah, definitely. So I'm Will from Underwater Pistol. Uh, I'm head of partnerships and content here. Thirsty uh, Thursday, so I'm drinking a Blood Orange IPA. Oh, tasty. Cool. Gary? Hi, I'm Gary. I'm the uh, owner of Underwater Pistol. Um, I'm drinking Corona because there, there was no Bex. So there's plenty <laughs> of Corona, so there you go. Hi everyone, I'm Rob Barr. I look at the partnerships here at Recharge. I am actually drinking water, but in a local brewery glass, two tribes, so um, halfway there. Ah, perfect. And I am Lucas Walker from Gorgeous. I'm on the partnerships team here, and then I also produce some content. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Oh, Gary, we've got a, a Moog Audio fan, <laughs> uh, fan here. So yeah, like we'll uh, like we'll mention, it's Thursday Thursday. This is the first time that we've done anything like this. We thought it would be fun just to have sort of a casual webinar, not go super intense, share some insights of the data that we've been seeing with with our clients between between the three of us, and then just some trends as well. But first, because it is a Thursday Thursday, we have to do a little bit of a giveaway. So thank you so much to just with mixers, a customer of ours, and. Recharge for sponsoring this giveaway. They're gonna be giving away a three pack of mixers. So let's take a moment. I'm gonna write down a number between one and a hundred here. And then let's give it a minute. So everyone put your guess in the chat box of uh, your number between one and a hundred. And then in a minute, we'll see who wins the, the, uh, the mixers. And if it is a tie, we'll go prices right rules closest without going over. So we've got quite a few here. I just folded it up, so I will put that here so you can know that I'm not uh, not cheating or anything. But we've got quite quite a few here. Uh, Rob, Gary, uh, Will, have you uh, have you tried Swoon Mixers, the sugar naturally zero sugar mix for your uh, for your drinks? No, not not as yet. Looks good. I have to admit, I haven't got them either. No, I've never had no, one. Ginger lime. Uh, it does look good. They're they're based in the U.S., so we will have to uh, we'll have to pick some up the next time we uh, we're all traveling again. So we've got a few guesses here. So the number was sixty nine that I picked. So welcome. It looks like Patty, you were the closest without going over so patty after the uh the webinar in the follow-up email just shoot me a message and i'll get you connected so you can get your prize so as you can see beside it uh we did our introductions we did our giveaway now we're going to dig into some insights from from our our data um that's all it's always a nice choice to get 69 patty it's always uh the magic number uh but We've got our giveaway insights and then uh, responding to some of the questions that were asked during the registration. Thank you, Hannah, so much for for sponsoring that. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're here live. 
Um, and then we're just going to dig into any questions from, from the chat box. You can put in questions in the, the sidebar as well, but let's try to make this as interactive as possible because it is a, a thirsty Thursday and we wanted to really recreate so the, that feeling of going to a meetup and just having a bit of a casual conversation over some drinks. So let's jump into it here. Will, um, I know that we were chatting and is the, is the, are the slides big for everyone or are they a little bit small here? Is it? That's bad. There we go. Much better. Perfect. So Will, do you want to um, take the, the charge on this and sort of the subscription trends over the last 12 weeks? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so this is your slide, isn't it, Lucas? Um, yeah. And we can see, well, I suppose, do you want to explain what happened there in February versus what's happened over the last couple of weeks? And then, um, guys, do you want to go into what trends have you seen uh, in e-commerce space um, been affected by COVID-19? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So for contacts, these are the uh, the tickets created within Gorgeous. So we're a help desk, we're a taking system that are in stores related to recharge. So you can see a big spike mid-February and it's interesting because it's right around when coronavirus started, but it's probably not related to coronavirus so much as uh, gifts that were done as subscription, uh, things around there. What we do see as a trend though is in the last month or so, we or even um, a couple of weeks, we see an increase in the number of full refunds and order cancellations and the orange bar, the partial refund is starting to get down. So we see a lot of customers um, canceling their order, offering full refunds uh, and shifting away from the partial refunds. And a partial refund could be just refunding the shipping. If somebody didn't get, get a specific promo, maybe it's refunding that, uh, that, that $8 off that they didn't, um, that they didn't take advantage of. So those are the trends that, that we've been seeing. I've got some some thoughts of why that's happening, but I'd love to go around uh, first and will Gary and Rob just get your insights into those trends of shifting from cancel orders uh, and cancel the subscriptions into the partial refund and full refund. And if you want any clarity on sort of the definitions of those, let me know uh, as well and I can clarify for you. So Rob, you want to um, go first into some of the the trends that you've seen and how with from recharge and how that aligns to these uh, tickets that have been created? Yeah, of course. I think um, just talk like more of a macro level. Uh, you know, we're seeing actually a big drive in the overall amount of processing going through the platform. Um, that is as an aggregate, though. Um, on the micro level, there are obviously some number of merchants who aren't faring the storm quite as well as others. I think that's really always seen this cancellation and the full refund come into play. Um, I can't talk to the exact numbers and the kind of data points behind that, uh, but from what we would just kind of anecdotally see so far, it's merchants more in the kind of higher value, more of the hobby space, as opposed to those, you know, uh, absolute essentials and those consum consumables you'd find in kitchen, bathroom, and things like that. So. I think with this, I'm intrigued to see how it pans out through the next few weeks. Um, mm. And also, as, as we can dig into our own data and get a bit more a clarity onto that. Yeah, absolutely. And Gary, well, what about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think this mirrors quite closely what um, what we were experiencing with, with our own merchants that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that um, some people, there was, a, there was a knee jerk reaction to how things were panning out and uh, some of them would just put the stop on what they regarded as non-essential spending. So I would um, uh, assume it's something similar with the, the customers uh, for these subscriptions. Um, uh, so you get that and then the other people who would be um, sort of more reserved about making uh, you know, snap decisions about that, they, they um, put more of a measured response from them so, and I, th I think that's the sort of uh, common with ourselves as a business, as individual purchasers, um, with merchants, with the, the general um, buying public as well. Um, but like Rob says, it'd be interesting to see how this pans out because this is going to be a bit of a long slog. Mm. So, yeah, so that, that, that sort of big, big spike doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, it, it, it varies massively across different verticals. 
and I think Lucas, you were mentioning this. There's, there's a kind of new essentials. Um, mm -hmm. People are working from home and they need, you know, new stationery, office chairs, that kind of thing. And then there's uh, kind of the old essentials, so where people might go to the shops and, and buy health and beauty products. Now they're kind of going down that um, subscription route as well. Rob, you mentioned previously about the toilet roll company that you work with. Do you want to go into detail with that? Yeah, I mean, just on the terms of the kind of uptick in subscriptions, um, obviously there was the big run on toilet paper a few weeks ago, if not probably a month or so back at this point. Um, and we worked with a number of merchants in that space, as you can imagine. Um, and some of those were seeing a 10, 15 X increases on what they would typically see week to week. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, there were brands such as Who Gives a Crap, which is an Australian-based um, charitable toilet paper company. They were holding back stock uh, and actually prioritizing their subscribers over kind of net new people to the brand just to ensure that that loyalty was being rewarded. Uh, and so I think there's also a big uptick there in people kind of just getting through the door, um, putting a stamp down and saying, I want to be a subscriber to get that preferential treatment. I think also, you know, we're seeing people really consider their actions in terms of just nipping to the store on the way home from the office to pick up, again, let's stick on the toilet paper theme. Now being more mindful that if they are doing a shop that it's outside of the home, that it has to be very much a, um, a targeted effort. Whereas if you're just receiving products at home, it's a lot lower risk. In that scenario, there's looking to what's the most convenient way to get that product delivered to them. Uh, and so you yeah, had also work from home, big uptick in the use of consumables. People aren't necessarily using things outside of the home in the office or anywhere else uh, in their lives. Mm. And so we have a question from Diane uh, in the chat box here. So to clarify, are we suggesting the higher ticket hobbies uh, and non-essential services are those suffering higher cancellations and refunds? Um, and I just wanted to wanted to jump in and say another factor here is supply chain, where if uh, you don't have the inventory in stock because you're non-essential or everything is just taking longer, you might need to cancel the order or offer a full refund just because you can't ship it out. So there are really uh, multiple factors here causing the increase in full refunds and order cancellations as well. It's not always um, the economic impact of people canceling it. It could be that the supplier is unable to fill it at all. And just to clarify the cancel subscription versus cancel order, that means that they're already subscribed. Maybe they've had a shipment. They want to no longer be charged for their subscription. And the cancel order is um, the order has been processed and that they want to say, no, I, I don't want this. I'm going to cancel the order in, in Shopify. So a couple of points there to, to clarify though, that terminology. Yeah, I think also to that point, there might be, and again, this is just purely conjecture on my part, Snows are people overstocked. You know, we do see a lot of people uh, leveraging the flexibility of a subscription. So they move in, they sign up, and then ongoing, they'll do things like they'll skip shipments um, or even pause. This might be the same scenario. They just sort of opportunity to stockpile on certain products. Um, and then I've seen an upcoming order come through and they realize actually I haven't gone through as much of that product as I expected to during lockdown. And so they're either trying to cancel an upcoming order or it's just been processed because they forgot to skip it uh, using things like a subscriber portal. So that could also be a scenario or a factor in this. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, Gary, well, anything else to to add to some of the trends that uh, that you've been seeing? Yeah, Gary, we've been seeing a, a couple of trends across some really dark horses, haven't we? You want to explain some of those? Well, yeah, a, a fun a fun observation was sex toys. Um, it's always fun. But yeah, there was there was a, an article in the uh, UK Independent uh, a couple of days ago that sort of piqued my interest, and uh, so I think that uh, that would be you know a fairly predictable thing maybe in, in retrospect um, for people to get more interested in. Lots of lockdown, so time in their hands. Um, but yeah, usually you can't go on any dates. Sorry, you can't go on any dates. You're not going out and meeting a bunch of new people, going out to a bar or anything. Exactly. So um, yeah. So I mean, I think I think that's that's you know, possibly a really uh, interesting growth area. Um, this massive uh, uh, sector, anyway. Um, but also, I mean, food and drink, uh, alcohol, the the obvious ones. Yeah. Uh, so I think. And and will you were mentioning about local local shops because the supermarkets weren't serve, able to service uh, because they were under a lot of pressure. 
Yeah, definitely. We're finding a lot of the supermarkets here. I know Sainsbury's there, all their click and collect, they're saving those for uh, older people, people that are that having to stay in at home. So you're finding a lot more of the kind of the localized um, online merchants are being able to service kind of the people that can't go out to the shops but aren't within that kind of high risk category as well. How how you, do you guys think that um, merchants that are struggling this time can continue that uh, e-commerce experience? Yeah, so I think it's um, really interesting. So just to dig into this data a little bit more, ours is going to be a little bit behind the transaction uh, just because you can't refund or cancel an order that hasn't gone through yet. And what we've seen at Gorgeous and what Rob, you mentioned as well, and what other people, including Shopify, are showing is that um, in the last week, a lot of merchants are like the total order volume has been higher than Black Friday a few months ago. So sales across the board are up in terms of all transactions, but that's going to be very, very industry specific. And I think it's very interesting the mention of sex toys, Gary, because that's a perfect example of a supply chain. It's very much not an essential service. You're not going to push to open the sex toy factory. So once that supply runs out, that supply runs out, even uh, getting the container from overseas in the factory where, where they're made, that's going to be given priority to uh, companies like 3M and other companies who are making masks and essential services overseas. So we see a few, um, few questions there. See any markets where there's an uptake in subscriptions? We talked about that a little bit. Coffee is an uptake, coffee, tea, uh, anything that's really at home. Uh, containers from China are not an issue. Pardon me? Pets is a good one. Yeah, so um, something mm. Chad mentioned, cat litter. Um, we're, we're seeing a lot of interest in that. Um, uh, pet food. Yeah, that's interesting. Our... Oh. oh, go ahead, Rob. I was going to say, on, on our side, it was very much a validation of what we would expect. Um, things like meal replacement drinks uh, alongside toilet paper were, you know, huge beneficiaries of the the situation. So the likes of Huel, Soylent, who we work mm -hmm. with, where they have a two-year shelf life product. Um, also, I mean, had quite a good supply chain in place where they could actually supply product where people maybe were literally struggling to get hold of food from more um, traditional sources. They were just getting you know, a huge uptake in terms of their new subscribers coming through the door. Mm. And even using uh, Huel as an example, maybe you replace one of your meals because you're at home, you're not as active, and then it can also help you stretch out how often you have to go to the grocery store between uh, between shops. So we had mentioned um, as well, we've got a picture of a beautiful bathroom with a giant walk-in shower here. Uh, one thing that we've that we've all seen is the uptick in in toiletries and bathroom products. So things like natural deodorant, uh, toilet paper. Rob, you'd mentioned uh, who gives a crap as one. What were some of the ways that they were uh, almost being loyal to their subscribers who are their most loyal, um, loyal customers? Uh, I mean, it was quite literally the fact that they were um, pretty much guaranteeing that if you're a subscriber, you'd actually get the product delivered to you. Uh, I think particularly when we're seeing stores being sold out and even for themselves, there's some trepidation potentially around the supply chain there. Um, you know, the fact that you could just guarantee you'd get the product um, if you were you know, a longer time subscriber, I think it was, on the, it was of, in and of itself a, um, a motivator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've had a, a store on Shopify and Recharge for, for a number of years now. And one of our promotions that we do uh, before COVID is that by subscribing, you get locked into the pricing. If there's ever any increases or anything, you always get that preferential treatment. Gary, uh, I know that you had talked about some uh, some some mentions that uh, of natural deodorants, some of the clients that you're working with. What are some of those those trends that you've seen? Um, yeah, so I mean, we, we've got one client that who hasn't um, launched her, her subscription um, products yet, but um, again, like Rob said, it sort of validated what um, she was hoping would be the case. Uh, so this has sort of accelerated the process. So that, that'll be um, deodorant without um, uh, nasty additives, um, but also um, uh, subscription uh, period pants, which I think is a, is, is um, 
uh, as, as, as part of a sort of a cosmetic and well-being uh, box. So, um, so that's accelerating that rollout as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Will, anything else uh, that you've seen in terms of brands that are seeing a, a little bit of an uptick on the, in the traditional model before we talk about some of those uh, really interesting use cases of subscriptions on the next slide? Yeah, I think um, a beer and uh, vaping. A lot of people kind of go to the vape shops um, and buy those, those cartridges, and now they're having to do that online. So there's a big uptick in that at the moment, definitely. That's really interesting. It's and also... Sorry, Luke, Sorry. I keep interrupting you. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Go ahead, Rob. I, I was just going to say as well, kind of further to the point I made earlier around the fact that people are you know, being more mindful of those ad hoc transactions they would make you know, just out and about, going to and from the office or from their workplace. Uh, we're seeing you know, increased use of our one-time product add-on. Uh, and mm -hmm. so you know, in that subscription model, you have an upcoming order, but you also have the ability um, through the Recharge platform to append on additional items. So particularly if you're a, a larger SKU library merchant in things like you know, health, fitness, beauty, supplements, food, beverage, um, be able to say to someone like, you have an upcoming order for, you know, let's say, your, your toothpaste, uh, are you also running low on you know, detergents, soaps, face wash, things like that? Want to add them on just as a ad hoc transaction to your already recurring order and delivery? So, uh, we're definitely seeing brands leverage their wider SKU base and even SKUs that would not typically be a you know a typical subscription fit. You know, they're maybe a longer time use item that's less consumable uh, or is less uh, frequently. Um, they forecast to be run out. You know, if you're a, a user, you don't necessarily know if you're going to run out of toothpaste in two weeks, three weeks, uh, but you do know when you are running low and you can just add on yep. additional purchase there. Yeah, I think that's a great example too of you have your sort of your core items that go that run through at the um, at the same at the same pace. And I'm trying not to laugh at Diane's comment here. Great to see where people's priorities lay: sex toys, being, and vaping. <laughs> but hey, you know what? That's why we're that's why we did it as the uh, the, thir the Thirsty Thursday webinar. It's nice and uh, casual. We're not going to try to be uh, all uh, all pretentious, pretending like those industries don't uh, don't exist. But it's it's absolutely interesting of just what people are doing to to kill the time at uh, at home. Now, for people who are not just laying around with their sex toys and vaping all day, a very interesting use case that Rob we were talking about before was how some home fitness or gyms and studios have been um, switching up their models. So you uh, you had a great example if you want to dive into that a little bit, Rob of just trends of brands pivoting and adapting their subscription model. Yeah, um, actually it was one that came to me kind of a bit of left field. Um, my girlfriend's an avid uh, spin bike user, going to a few studios here in London. Obviously that has been shut down and uh, it's kind of driving her a little bit crazy. And one of the, uh, the, the uh, studios she actually goes to quite regularly and is a member of emailed her to say that because they expect the lockdown to be a little bit more ex extensive than originally intended, uh, you could actually now have a bike delivered to your house. You could rent it, and then in a very similar fashion to Peloton, they would then stream to their members um, the classes through your phone, iPad, uh, desktop, whatever it may be. And as she was going through the purchase process, uh, I happily surprised to see it was being powered by Recharge. And they actually sold out, I think, the matter of around two days. Obviously, very finite supply of bikes across their studios. Uh, but I thought that was one really, really good example of someone taking brick and mortar at its, you know, at its finest example and transforming it into an online experience through the likes of Shopify, Recharge, Gorgeous, etc. Um, and doing a really good job of, you know, bringing that aspect of health and fitness back in someone's life if they're struggling to even get out of the house, you know, particularly if you're in one of those high risk groups. And I think it's a great example of just a business model pivoting of going from home fitness to almost equipment leasing. Um, or not home fitness in studio fitness to um, to home to equipment leasing, and they could do both. Come join us in studio, or for an extra uh, however much a month a month, a month you can bring the bike home with you, but also uh, be able to really go and uh, exercise at home via Zoom live webcam within the studio. So I think it's we're seeing a lot of brands. That our brick and mortar be able to expand their business model and it's a great uh, great way to plug a use case of gorgeous if somebody is asking a question oh do you have any 
do any uh, available fitness times? Can I get in for the 3 p.m. spin session? Then you say, no, we're all full. But with our spin at home program, you can actually join any of our sessions from the comfort of your own home. And especially for customer engagement, if it's rainy, if it's bad weather out, they don't necessarily want to, to go to the spin class, but they, they continue to exercise, get that uh, product engagement, and then they don't, uh, don't cancel down the road, which is another interesting uh, thing to mention that all of those customer interactions, whether it's someone wanting to refund or cancel an order, every time that you're having a conversation with a customer, it's an opportunity to drive value in some way. And maybe it's reducing their their likelihood to turn. We have some questions about that. Uh, maybe it's doing a one-off sell for their next order of they're just asking, hey, I've got toilet paper coming. I don't want to subscribe to toothpaste because I, I go through way less toothpaste, but can I add it to my order? Absolutely, you can. Here you go. We've gone ahead and, and done that. So even if it feels negative that somebody wants to cancel something, there's always an opportunity for uh, good business and driving revenue there as well. So let's jump into some of the questions now. We've uh, we picked a few that we really liked, uh, but if you have any other questions, drop them in the, uh, the comment box in the chat window we can even invite you to come up on stage if you want to to participate as well i know that nobody ever loves the audience participation part of the show so no pressure on uh, on that but definitely drop your questions in the uh in the chat box so the first question that uh, that came up was how can brands do memberships and what are some of the advantages to to memberships so i think that an obvious one is if you have a product that it makes sense to have a membership like a fitness studio, you can do that. But uh, Gary, Will, Rob, what are some examples you've seen of brands uh, offering memberships when maybe you don't necessarily think of it as a subscription-based business? Um, I'll jump in. Uh, we, we've got some um, fashion brands who um, uh, run membership schemes uh, for uh, early access to, to new lines and that works really well and uh, it's obviously very easy to, to set up um, and easy to manage um, but it, it has that exclusivity about it which which people who are really sort of brand advocates they really love they love that um, aspect of it so it's a no-brainer for us it's a very easy sell for us to mention to the merchant about um, uh, why the, the reasons why brands should do it, and virtually all the brands that we speak to think, yeah, well, why would we do it? So I think that's an obvious one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, and I think um, as well in this time as well, it doesn't need, necessarily need to focus on on fashion as well. You can set up memberships, like you say, for um, who gives a crap? Almost um, the toilet roll um, brand, kind of focusing more on. Um, giving that to the loyal customers. And so maybe you could set up a membership based on that as well. Mm. Yeah, that would definitely tie on to that. Um, It's Gary's point. Uh, It's often the brands that just doesn't really shout out to you that they should do a subscription or membership model that actually can have a lot of impact from this in monetizing a highly engaged consumer base. If you are selling out a product almost immediately, uh, why to give preferential access to your most loyal customers? Uh, you can give you know, side fringe benefits as well, kind of Amazon Prime style, give them expedited delivery, also offer them things like you know discounts on just any purchase they make across the board, free gifts. Uh, there's a number of different models that we see in play. Uh, I think a couple of good examples that come to my mind, uh, anyone who's kind of heard of Recharge speak, you know, we're huge fans of Freshly Pick out in the US. Mm-hmm. That's a high-end children's moccasin, very high price point, but a very highly engaged consumer base. They have a $10 a month fringe club, and with that you get all of those benefits of expedited delivery um, discounts and also they are quite fun, uh, clever in how they do it it actually take the, the membership cost about ten dollars a month and apply it as a credit to your account so you can actually redeem it it's a very low risk model for the subscriber uh, but obviously ultimately leads to an uptick in cash flow for the merchant um, let me see the likes of craft gin club in the uk they're primarily a subscription model business but they do also have a one-time purchase store, and that's typically as an upsell from your subscription. If you like a particular gin or tonic, whatever it might be, you can then go through um, and buy on an ad hoc one-time basis. But as a subscriber, you do get you know um, reduced pricing to begin with. But you can also use things like loyalty points you accrue on those recurring purchases against those one-time purchases as well. So 
number of different facets to how you can run those membership models. Mm-hmm. I think that all those are good. And something that could be really interesting. Uh, yes, John, we did do a little ASL here to get to know one another. Wow, John, actually uh, putting in the age and uh, sex and location. Um, uh, but what I was going to say was having some sort of guaranteed shipping or some sort of insurance that if your order isn't um, gets lost with with some of the shipping delays, we'll send you out uh, another one as well. So basically, a really good way to do memberships is take a look at, and you can do this within Gorgeous or just looking at your customer service requests, find out what people are saying, what some of those objections to purchase are, and then say, well, as a member, you get all of these exclusive benefits so your customers don't have to worry whether it's about shipping or price increases or discounts or anything. And then to what uh, Freshly Pick does is you then apply that membership cost as a credit to their next account. So the customer thinks that they're getting a discount, they feel like they're getting a discount, but they don't, you don't have to give up that margin. Uh, so we've got a question here from John, which is a perfect um, offer question for, for everyone here. But what's the best way to create a subscription or boxes? How do you effectively market them? And how do, uh, how do you decide to display them on your, your website? So why don't we pass it to Gary and Will, because this is the exact kind of uh, project that that you can help with with underwater pistol and then rob maybe you and i can share some some just generally best practices for subscription boxes yeah cool so um the best way to effectively market them so uh, we found on subscription um that distance between that kind of first discovery and that conversion is going to be a lot longer um than in a traditional e-commerce um purely because you're asking people to commit longer term so one of the best ways that we've seen uh, you be able to effectively market it is, is using um, user-generated content and reviews and, and showing that kind of throughout the whole user journey from discovery to conversion and then using that in, in your retention strategies as well. Gary? Sorry, I, I missed the question. What's so the question? Yes. Yeah, so what's the best way to create a uh, subscription or a box, and how do you market them effectively? A subscription what? Sorry. A subscription box, or just a subscription in uh, in general? If you were just launching a subscription, how would you how would you do that? Yeah. Um, so if if it's uh, the uh, the cost effective uh, route, we we would recommend obviously choose your stack, uh, tech stack wisely. Um, get to market quickly and then iterate. So it would be, you know, in our case, it would be obviously um, Shopify recharge, gorgeous, and any additional um, apps and solutions to slot in. Um, get to market quickly and then use the um, any revenue through the site. You, you remarket basically, just market, 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 and um, the bells and whistles, uh, the, the features. Um, introduce that later once there's proper revenue coming through the business. And um, I think that this is a bit of a, a pet subject for me um, and Rob, you know, keep the, the user journey as simple as possible. Uh, the subscription, no tricksiness with, um, with wizards. Um, if you can avoid it, capture only the data that you need to capture, um, which will add value to the, to the, to the customer and, and just keep the friction uh, to a minimum get people through the, the, the process, the purchasing process, nice and efficiently. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, uh, Rob, what are some some of the best ways that you've seen uh, marketing subscriptions? Yeah, I think to, to echo Gary's thoughts there, just keep it really simple. Uh, you've got a big enough challenge convincing someone to go through and commit to you as a subscriber, uh, as opposed to one-time purchase without adding friction to that process. Um, I'd say education and transparency are also really overlooked, in my opinion. Um, education in the just really voicing through the entire purchase flow. This is a subscription. It is going to be transparent. You can log in. You can cancel, skip, edit, change that uh, subscription any way you can. Um, to really highlight that, both pre and post purchase, you know, make sure you're leveraging things like you know, uh, out notifications in recharge cover the life cycle of subscribers. So when they sign up again really signpost there is that portal here's how you log in here's what you can do and the reason i say that is that 
Uh, we've, we've, we've done the numbers. Um, you know, if a subscriber is actually interacting with the brand, they are 15% more valuable in terms of their LTV. You know, they actually do persist. They don't churn out anywhere near as quickly as anybody else. Um, I'd also say don't make any assumptions. Definitely test and iterate. Um, and again, the number behind this is we did a big report recently. We dug into a lot of our um, merchants to see, you know, what are the most frequently used subscription uh, 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 frequencies. And, you know, you'd assume monthly, quarterly, annual, biannual. Yes, monthly is around half of all subscribers, but around a third actually don't adhere to a strict frequency. These are people, uh, these are situations where subscribers got in and said, actually, I go through my toothpaste every six weeks. I don't want to buy on a monthly or bi-monthly basis. So given that flexibility uh, and just try and reduce that and mitigate that churn, it's going to happen. Uh, but also speak to your customers and find out, you know, how often do they buy? Look, you're at, look at your one-time purchase data. Um, what is the typical time frame between someone purchasing and then rebuying again for the same SKU or same product uh, and leverage that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think just one thing to echo that is automate what you can, whether it's um, preemptively helping people cancel or pause their subscription. You don't want to have to be doing that for them. You don't want to be offering a, a concierge service. So really try to figure out what you, you don't need to do. And I think, Rob, this is a great question for you from Diane in the chat. What is the average price point of between a one-time only purchase and a subscription price? So assuming it comes every couple of weeks or monthly. Uh, Diane, I do not have that information at the top of my head. Uh, what we do have, though, is the report I just mentioned. Actually, we launched it this week. Uh, it is, in our mind, one of the very first uh, reports on the subscription economy for physical product. So we're not tying in things like Netflix and other you know, non-physical products. Uh, within that, there's I think I think there's a deep dive into AOV versus frequency. Um, but I'll pop a link into the thread. Please do download the report and uh, you'll be able to find the insights for your for your software. Perfect. And we'll put. Um, I'm going to send a wrap-up email to everyone. Rob, if you send me over that link, I'll put that in the uh, the summary link there. Cool. Um, so the next big question that we had was uh, just general subscription tips. So we got into this a little bit, but we had quite a few people asking for uh, some sort of variation of this from what tools you should use to gaining more subscribers to reducing churn. So let's just go rapid fire. I know that we, we mentioned sort of the, the ideal tech stack, but obviously uh, building on Shopify, with Recharge and Gorgeous, uh, that will be most of it. You definitely want some sort of help desk taking system just because like, people have more questions about subscriptions and you want to be able to uh, to manage that. Rob and, uh, and Gary and Will, what other uh, tools would you say to, to get started? Let's break this one down into probably uh, tools, uh, growth, and then uh, customer service or reducing churn. So starting with tools, what kind of tools would you recommend other than uh, everyone who's on the webinar to uh, to plug our own businesses here? What what else would you recommend to get started? Um, well, I suppose the the, uh, the the obvious one would be something like Clavio and just get the messaging really, really constant, uh, really consistent um uh, varied as well um in regards to the the, the cycle of of the the um the billing period you know so you don't want to be just blasting the same old crap to, to people sort of uh, you know twice a week or whatever it needs there needs to be a cadence to to the, the communications um, so something like clavio obviously integrates very well with recharge um and we that would be one of our recommendations uh i know i know will we would subscribe to that uh, as well, um, then uh, just I'm just jumping about a bit. Little data, got to got to be tracking um, the the behaviour, tracking uh, you know, and reporting back to, to the merchant, uh, and you know looking into uh, uh, any insights um, from that data, so you can you know act uh, respond to, to what that data is telling you. So little data for us again is a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, I would definitely say uh, email flows related to subscription. So upcoming subscription, uh, if you sell one-time purchases and subscriptions, 
what we found with my business was really after that second order is when to push a subscription hard because it says, hey, uh, you know, you've already ordered twice, want to have it at, at a regular occurrence, so you never run out. Uh, you have uh, better pricing plus additional promo, so definitely some good email flows and sequences there to promote it. Rob, what other uh, tools would you recommend people people have? Uh, I mean, yeah, take into account. Gary ticked off some of the uh, the major ones there. I'd say there are a couple of smaller ones that aren't that um, widely known. They're kind of more mm -hmm. recharge unique. Uh, one is Rebuy, which is built by a team out in um, Southern California called Above Market. That's intelligent cross-sell for checkout for subscription. So if you do know there's certain products, so for example, if you're a, you know, a coffee company, you may want to add in filters and cross-sell those during that subscription checkout process. Uh, upsell them into subscription over a one-time purchase. That's a really powerful tool. We're seeing some great numbers coming out of their usage with the likes of Pura Vida bracelets. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say ARPU, uh, again, another tool born out of one of our merchants and agency teams. They're looking to take over the uh, upcoming order notification and inject in their really clear calls to action to append on single-time purchased upcoming orders. Good example of that is Catalan Fire using them. They'll do things like trial out new flavors to their subscribers through that process. Um, that also say there's other tools out there like Churnbuster, for example, which again is more of an intelligent uh, churn uh, mitigation tool. And so, again, if someone does actually cancel or they have a failed card payment, really making that process to recapture them or bring them back into the active lifecycle uh, as easy as possible uh, is huge. Mm -hmm. Jump, jump on that as well. <laughs> Um, introducing a, a loyalty program, so using something like uh, Loyalty Lion and Smile, we see that that helps um, get people over the line for that first conversion anyway, um, but helps retain them, um, customers as well, um, especially if they've built up points and they can get a month free um, and they're coming to that point where they need to cancel or skip a subscription. Um, if they've got a month free, that, that holds them on for a little bit longer. Maybe through that you can convince them to kind of stay on a bit longer as well. Mm, absolutely. And I think that um, something really important to consider is how well all these tools work together. I'm just posting a video in the chat box since you mentioned Churnbuster. Uh, John Roman of Battleblock, they sent to a lot of cool camping stuff. They reduced their um, churn 75% using a mixture of Recharge, Churnbuster, and Gorgeous. I'm going to put that link in the um, chat box here. And yes, we're going to send out all these, these resources. And I have a feeling that we will probably turn this into a blog post as well, just because there's a lot of good um, knowledge here. So the next question, just while I'm typing this out, would be uh, in terms of general growth, what are some of the ways that you see brands healthily and consistently grow grow their uh, number of subscribers? Yep. So um, referrals uh, is obviously a, a really good um, way to grow. Um, I think the stat is something like if somebody joins a subscription program, um, via a referral, they're five times more likely to refer somebody else. Um, so that's obviously a really good way to kind of grow an organic feedback loop almost with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo that as well. I think things like UGC, you just really can't discount uh, in terms of the validation as to why someone should be a subscriber versus a one-time purchaser. Um, I'd say also, again, back to this idea of communication, just ensuring that people don't feel like they've been um, misled into becoming a subscriber. They feel very, um, the brand's being very honest with them about when they're being billed, for how much, for what products, when will that arrive? Uh, and then give them again clarity about how they could skip those if needs be, change the product out. And I think also definitely leverage opportunity to, to work more closely in a conversational way with your best subscriber, best, most loyal customers who are your subscribers. Know, offer them you know, the ability to try out new products, new flavors, color, color ranges, whatever it may be. Um, and then also with that, you know, don't just focus on email. There's a great set of tools out there now with SMS, Face Messenger, to ensure that messaging um, gets to the right people at the right time um, and don't abuse that kind of process as well. Yeah, I think that SMS is a huge one uh, right now, especially just to increase your uh, one-time purchases. If you send that reminder of, hey, your order is shipping out, would you like to uh, add anything to it? Check out the uh, the menu or the, the products that you can add that people like to add quite frequently and then go in and encourage people to update their orders that way. 
and that's part of a good email flow as well. You want to be matching your customers where where they respond to. Um, Gary, any other uh, tools or just general suggestions for subscription growth? Um, yeah, I mean, it's all about referrals, isn't it? Uh, yeah, user generated content as well. But um, for, for us, um, it's, it's about retention. It's just key. You know, it's that it's um, if you look after your. I mean. We're, we're a retainer business, a subscription business, essentially. We, we try and um, mimic a subscription business uh, the way we deal with, with clients and, and brands. And it's just about trying to get that consistent tone of voice, consistent messaging. And as a uh, owner of a subscription business, um, one should be really mindful of making sure that every single touch point adds value and is sort of bolstering the brand. And it can be sometimes regarded as a bit of an afterthought and there's always something more important to address, but I think it should be, um, uh, the, the merchant should be mindful of just making sure every little detail is just aligned on message and as sort of, uh, as joined up as it can be. And, and just that, that, I mean, whenever I get um, a, a charming interaction with, um, you know, from uh, somebody I subscribe to, it just it's just a nice feeling you know so lots and lots of those little nice feelings all add up to a really big strong message and, and ultimately to loyalty and, and that's it shouldn't be discounted yeah absolutely um so we've got quite a few questions here in the chat box the first one i'll merge a couple of them uh what are your favorite loyalty programs smile yapo are both pretty good there's reversion as well in terms of subscription specifically uh rob I'll defer this one to you, but what's the the app that really integrates best with Recharge if you're going pure subscription for doing referrals? And also just what are some of the best rewards that, that you've seen people people doing? That could be a good question for uh, for Gary and Will and the rest of the panel. Yeah, um, I don't think there's a answer to this. Uh, in terms of the tools that you know, we do work with, we work with Referral Candy, Refersion, Smile, The Auto Line, Swell. Uh, they all have a fantastic offering. It really is down to personal preference and you know whether their product matrix fits your needs. In mm -hmm. terms of the rewards themselves, um, you, well, we see a number of different ways of doing this. Either pure financial play, whereby someone is given a financial reward for sending a referral, or they get you know points that uh, result in a discount, or it's automatically discounted their next purchase, or it may become something completely different. It might be a free gift. Um, so there's many different models we can look into. I think it depends on what vertical you're in, the product, the value of that as well. Uh, I would just say on that, and it's not really related to this, but in terms of the subscribe and save, the typical sweet spot we see there in terms of incentivization uh, is more around the five, 10% mark. We do see a lot of brands coming in as a launch uh, a program and they're very aggressive on the incentivization. It looks like 20% off, which really uh, just discounts the product to the merchant. It doesn't actually improve the incentive rate or uptake, or uptake sorry, by the, by the consumer. Um, but yeah, Dan, I don't know if you, you want to just drop me a note directly, we can kind of talk through some of this stuff by email, if you prefer, or over the phone. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of uh, some of the best incentives, Gary or Will, have you seen some really interesting rewards that, uh, that people have done to incentivize referrals? Uh, in terms of referrals, yeah, so there's obviously, um, I quite like the one where you, where you split it. So if if you're going to give a, a monetary value off, um, five pound for you, five pound for your friend, that that's always um, quite a nice one. One of the one of the things I would say um, to Diane is try and work out what your desired cost per acquisition is, um, and then use that as a as a basis for your um, reward. And that way, it's not you know it's, you're not um, dropping your ROI on that channel. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, our, our merchants use a, a variety of tools and, and um, techniques for for, uh, for this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the obvious tools like uh, like Refersion, Smile, Loyalty Lion, um, they, they, they all, and they're all very helpful in giving you a steer on, on what you can introduce to the mix, uh, which, will, which will help um, generate business. Yeah, absolutely. There was um, one question about the best data email the list. Ultimately, just 
send out more emails and then look at the data and activate some smart sending. But um, unless you're a big, big company, that won't matter too, too much. Uh, I hate to say this, but I think that most smaller independent brands don't send enough emails. If you look at the number of emails that Amazon or a lot of big retailers are sending, it's a lot higher than um, than brands. So if you're not sending an email once, even twice a week, if you have the content to promote it, um, definitely hit that. But uh, to go advance what Gary was saying earlier, set up some smart flows uh, and automations to to do that. It's not necessarily the day of the week, but it's if it's and Beard Brand just does such a good job of this. They trigger their emails. Uh, set a number of days after their purchase, depending on the product. So if it's a product that lasts three weeks, then after 19 days, they say, hey, is it time to reorder? If it's a product that people, maybe it's a bundle, people bought a little bit more and the product will last 60 days on day 57, they're triggering that email. So I think it's a mix of listening to your own data when people purchase from uh, more blast types, but then also setting up smart flows that aren't just two weeks after purchase, but knowing when after purchase, people will be needing to re-engage your product. So we are- I think it's really important um, that uh, people trust the data as well because i mean we sometimes run into issues where we're recommending flows and a certain cadence to, to the communications and um the, the business owner often says you know that would that would piss me off that's too frequent that's you know let's try it test it out and use the data to to tweak accordingly there's no point in using your gut instinct uh in, in situations like this you know you should it, it doesn't matter how often or not you, you want to be messaged, you should be sort of using the data, testing and, and iterating and, and you know, different types of communications, like you say, for different um, subscription types, different product types, etc. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and it's just such a good point that just because you really like something or don't really like something doesn't mean that that's what, uh, what matters most for, for your clients. And I think that we as business owners uh, and merchants get a lot more emails in our inbox than the, the average person. So as we're coming up on the top of the hour here, last, uh, last item, uh, reducing churn. So Gary, uh, Will, Rob, what are some of the ways that you see uh, businesses who offer subscriptions can in fact reduce their, their churn? I can hop on this one, but I think as I mentioned earlier, uh, consumer that interacts or subscriber that interacts does have an inherently uh, better lifetime value to you as, as a merchant. And so we have a few tools in place within Recharge to mitigate churn. Um, one is actually the cancellation flow. So if you do click on, I want to cancel my subscription, you can offer up a number of questions to find out, A, first of all, if there's some product feedback you need to be aware of, but also ask people, oh, you have, do you have too much product? If they click yes, give them a dynamic response and say, well, why not just reduce volume or skip uh, or change upcoming order dates? Uh, if you're going on vacation, just put things on pause. If you just don't like the product, why not swap it? Try a different SKU, try a different variant. Uh, and all of this is really, really easy to set up in Recharge. Um, I'd also say we're seeing some great tools such as uh, Rebuy, which I mentioned earlier. They have um, a reactivation flow. So 30 days after someone cancels 60 and 90, they'll send them an email with a very clear and easy call to action to either apply a discount, to resubscribe, uh, you know, 60 days maybe, discount and a free gift, 90 days, be even more incentivized um, reason. And they're seeing again, good numbers there in terms of bringing people back into being an active subscriber. Yeah, um, <clears throat> check out the, and the more as we go live, uh, we're definitely gonna do a big blog post with all of these uh, resources, but um, take a look at what Battlebox did to reduce churn because not all churn is because people are unhappy with the product. Sometimes it's just the credit card expires and they don't even think about it. So what they did was proactively open up a ticket in Gorgeous just to encourage people to uh, update their credit card so that there's no, no accidental churn there or any cancellation there. The other thing too is if people are asking to to cancel their order, go through those same questions in that flow and create some macros for your customer service team to say, well, how come you're canceling? Do you have too much product? Is it is it 
you'd like to just not get your order, okay, well, let's send you a replacement one then, and we'll send it a little bit more and, and not charge your card for this one since you didn't receive it. So uh, just if you can get some customer engagement beforehand, that will help, but also being on top of the, uh, the automatic uh, churn as well. So Gary, Will, any, uh, any final thoughts on reducing churn here as we come up to the top of the hour? Yeah, again, um, we, we try and sort of think about what we, we do uh, retaining our, our own uh, clients and, and try and uh, educate the, the merchant whenever they're getting up and running the subscription, just following the same. Uh, there's so many different uh, similar parallels with the way our merchants are doing business and the way we try and do business and, and we do that on purpose. Um, and yeah, so it's just about being as valuable as possible to um, to the customer um, and just uh, adding lots of ways of, of different value to, to each and every interaction and uh, offering, uh, like, like Rob touched on, you know, offering pause rather than cancel. Um, so, you know, you're not breaking up, it's just we're, we're, we're having a break, you know, um, lots of options like that. Um, uh, certainly offering uh, discounts or holidays as well. All, all things like that and, and and I think that that's part of, of getting people on board in the first place making sure everything's nice and transparent and then living up to to what you sold them in the first place yeah I think a lot of people as well put uh, put the onus on reducing uh, churn after somebody subscribed but actually if you make the experience a lot easier and a lot more transparent from discovery right through and that's going to reduce your churn as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just one last thing to, to wrap up on is don't uh, overly promote new offers to new customers that either your subscribers are going to see or that you're not offering them. And I mean, take a look at your data. If they've spent thousands of dollars with you and have been a subscriber for a couple of years, just say, hey, you know what? Thanks for your business. Your next shipment is on us because you, they've been one of your most profitable customers. You really want to make sure that they're happy. Or the other thing that I've seen done is for stores that do a little, little bit of merch and they just do simple print on demand, they'll just proactively ship some merch to those those customers. So there's quite a few ways that you can do there to, to re-engage your top 10% of, of your customer base. Awesome. So we are up at the top of the hour. Rob, Gary, Will, Will where can people find uh, find you if they want some help either building out a subscription page or just getting started with subscriptions for their Shopify store? Yeah, just drop us a line. Uh, uh, Gary at or Will at underwaterpistol.com and, and we can jump in a call uh, anytime. Yeah, myself, just Robert Recharge Just drop me a note, ask us any questions, I'll put you in touch with the right people. Awesome. And again, Lucas at gorgeous.com. Thanks so much for everyone for taking the time to to join. Congratulations, Patty, on your mixers. And hopefully we will have another one of these Thirsty Thursdays not too uh too far away. Thanks everyone. Cheers. Cheers.